What's up, Ego Hackers? Welcome to the CS Joseph Podcast. Today's episode, season 14, part four, episode two. Uh, the ESTP and the um, INFJ <laughs> romantic relationship. If, if, of course, you can actually uh, call it that. If, if you could call it that. I, I, I certainly won't call it that. Um, in my opinion, I think it's entirely a waste of time, an absolute waste of time. I'm really enjoying my uh, extroverted sensing demon right now because here I am smoking a cigar in the designated smoking area of a particular bar right now and uh, literally trolling the shit out of uh, the patrons here as I literally record my podcast right in front of everybody like some weirdo dressed in black and people are like, what the hell is even going on? But be that as it may, I'm still at least enjoying one of my favorite cigars, a Laranja Escuro. So can't complain. And the weather is it's not too bad today. So perfect time to film an episode. And that's exactly what we're going to be doing today. ESTP and INFJ relationship. So ESTPs and INFJs have a special relationship with each other because they relate to each other a lot. And that's because they're part of the same soul temple dyad, basically. Hey, I don't know if you guys realize, like, but that guy that just like walked by, he's got like an electric uh, coat and like a logo that's like turned on. He actually charges his coat. It's kind of a really fascinating situation. I, I, I am not that cool. Also, I endeavor to never be that cool, if you catch my drift. So, but anyway. It was raining. I wanted to sit on my favorite bench. Couldn't sit, uh, sit on my favorite bench, so I decided I'll just sit here. I mean, it's kind of weird that I don't have a whiteboard. I mean, I could literally just set a whiteboard right here and just start whiteboarding in the middle of the street, and people would be like, what the hell is going on? But hey, at least it sounds pretty decent. I'm not going to complain about that. <laughs> Anywho. So yeah, um, they're, part of the, uh, they're part of the soul temple. Uh, both of them have the same cognitive origin, and that cognitive origin is the cognitive origin of connection and the cognitive origin of intimacy. And when their cognitive origin is not met, these two types end up becoming the most lonely of the 16 types, which continues to be a problem on a regular basis. So cognitive origin of intimacy, and both of them look for intimacy. Just the thing is, just remember that uh, intimacy is also known as the love language of activities, okay? It's the love language of activities. We're slightly exploring love languages just a little bit within the context of uh, this particular series. The point is, is that while they're seeking intimacy and while they're seeking connection, the ESTP is the one that consumes intimacy and they consume con connection. So like, for example, if they get like invited to a party, they're always that person that just has to suck up all of the attention, basically. Whereas the, the INFJ wants to be the person who produces a reason for people to put their attention onto something, usually something that they themselves created in the process, right? It's one of the reasons, like, for example, my INFJ ex, anyone I would, anytime I would ever take her to a party and there was, like, there's alcohol and they're making cocktails, she would elect herself the, the group mixologist, basically, the 
the party mixologist and then as a result of that make you know cocktails for everyone and she'd always try to invent some kind of new cocktail and let's be honest it was uh, not exactly the best she kind of she needed some practice let's be honest but you know as as uh, good lovers do <laughs> i basically humored her throughout the process but the point is is that the cognitive origin of intimacy and connection it also means activities or also known as the love language of quality time but it's also it's also um, just raw attention and uh, the ESFP or ESTP consumes attention while the INFJ produces reasons for people to put their attention onto them or onto other things basically and they like to get credit for that right and because because of this very because of this little dynamic this is actually the main reason why types of the per, the polar opposites actually get together because remember folks as we've talked about within this season at least in the first episode which was ESTJ and INFP within the context of this particular season we have this thing we have this concept known as duality and duality Duality is this thing that can be understood like from a colloquial perspective. It can also be understood from a, um, a colloquial perspective, but also, uh, you know, the, like the actual true definition of what it is. And for the most part, duality, like in the true, true way, is actually technically the natural Paris. And that's why we have Season 14, Part 3, available right now to Journeyman members, right? And journeyman members are available, or uh, journeyman memberships are available, csjoseph.life forward slash members. You might want to check out Season 14, Part 3. We also have Part 2 available there. Now, if you want to get Season 14, Part 1, you have to get all of the Discover lectures. And that's like under the Discover All bundle, basically. If you don't know how to get that, it might actually be hard to find. So go to support. Just email support at csjoseph.life, and they'll, it'll open a ticket, and they'll help you so you can find it. But if you get Discover All, the Discover All bundle, that bundle gives you Season 14, Part 1 for all the 16 types. It's eight episodes, as well as the season, the, the fabled Hidden Season 19, which is the first uh, lecture series it did on personal growth and like helping people reach enlightenment and you know, going, uh, becoming better versions of themselves. That's all available there. But again, you know, since this is still Season 14, this is Season 14, Part 4, we decided to release Part 4 uh, publicly to everyone because a lot of people just really don't understand this concept of duality and everyone's like oh you know your dual is like the best and well if you actually consider dual duality in the perspective of socionics where the concept of duality actually comes from it really is basically pointing to natural pairs which is what we have in season 14 part three however colloquially and when i mean colloquially i'm like literally talking like talking with famous people eric strauss colloquial like that level of colloquial right that level of colloquial. That's what I'm talking about. You know what I'm saying? So because of that, <laughs> that level of colloquial, most people assume that it's talking about polar opposite types. For example, ESTJ to INFP, and in this lecture, ESTP to INFJ. Now, there are multiple reasons as to why these two types actually get together in the first place. And in my experience, it's actually due to usually external environmental factors like organized religion, for example. These two types should never get with each other. They should never have a relationship, but they end up doing so because they're being pressured into it by like 
uh, a familial construct or a religious construct or a church construct or a community construct, some type of social construct of some kind. And that ends up becoming like the main issue, right? So based on that, based on that, you know, we, we don't really, it ends up creating like a ton of, um, a ton of problems, a ton of problems for like most people, you know, so they end up in relationships where it's like absolute hell and it's all because, you know, people basically pressure them into it, external factors of people pressuring them into it, which pretty sucks. It sucks a lot. And I don't wish that on anyone. I don't wish that on them. And honestly, like I would try to avoid that whenever possible. But most people don't even know that they should be avoiding it. And that too is a problem. So based on that, like, what does a person actually even do? Well, they have to kind of get away from those situations and get away from those social influences so that they're not so pressured. It actually kind of happened to me. I mean, I was pressured uh, by my family to uh, get married uh, to my first wife, and that turned out to be an absolute total disaster. The thing is, is that oftentimes these relationships end up kind of being a little bit sustainable if they, you know, they were virgins when they began because they have no point of, no sexual point of reference. They have no idea that the grass is greener anywhere else. And that's ultimately how this ends up happening. But there's another psychological reason from a Jungian analytical psychology perspective. When we talk about cognitive origins and cognitive origins represent the most important vector when considering typing somebody on the type grid, because cognitive origins is the one thing that just doesn't change. And you know, uh, the order of someone's functions and their cognitive attitudes, their interaction styles, their temperaments, also known as worldview and expression styles, et cetera, though a uh, quadra, all of that can change under cognitive transition circumstances. And to avoid that, well, guess what? You can not, you could look at cognitive origins because cognitive origin doesn't change. It doesn't change. It's always the same, no matter what you do, no matter where you go, it's always the same. It's never going to, it's never going to change. It'll never change for like your whole life, right? So yeah, cognitive origins, it doesn't change. So if you can like detect someone's cognitive origin, you've just basically reduced the type grid down to like two types basically, and you just re revealed the dyad. Well, you know, cognitive origin dyads, guess what? They're polar opposites of each other and they end up being in this asynchronous, cognitive asynchronous uh, camaraderie relationship that people end up being in. And it's just, it ends up being a waste of time. They end up being like really abusive and it's, it's a horrible experience and I don't recommend it like for anyone. Like I seriously don't recommend it for anyone. And it could be a bigger problem over time as time goes on. Definitely not, definitely not my recommendation in any way, shape or form. Stay away from these relationships. Why? Well, when you look from an octogram standpoint, you know, sure, their cognitive origins are there. And, and you know, most of you would be like, oh, yeah, C.S. Joseph, could you, like, tell us, like, shouldn't it, shouldn't it be okay for these two types to get together? I mean, look, you know, the, the INFJ produces intimacy and connection, and the ESTP consumes intimacy and connection. So that sounds like that's, like, a really good fit between these two types. And I'm like, yeah, I mean, it looks like that on paper, but in practice, it doesn't even work. The reason why is, is the optimistic to optimistic rule and the pessimistic to pessimistic rule. For example, 
extroverted sensing hero in the ESTP has to find an introverted sensing counterpart. Well, the introverted sensing that's available to the INFJ is introverted sensing demon, and that's naturally pessimistic. Ergo, the extroverted sensing optimistic hero can't link to the introverted sensing uh, pessimistic of an INFJ archetype. It just doesn't work, right? So what ends up happening when the extroverted sensing hero imposes itself upon the INFJ, the INFJ ends up being cognitive transitioned into their superego to produce an introverted sensing hero within the context of an ISTJ superego. And being soft locked in your superego ends up causing huge psychological damage, especially if the INFJ in question is subconscious developed instead of unconscious developed. It ends up becoming an extremely stressful, stressful and very abusive environment for the INFJ. Conversely, the same is also true of introvert intuition hero trying to be linked up to the um, trying to be linked up to the um, extroverted intuition demon, you know, of the uh, of the ESTP, and that too ends up becoming a problem. And that forces the ESTP to cognitive transition into their superego to get extra intuition hero from ENFP superego, which oddly is the golden pair of the, uh, of the INFJ. And this process is known as soft locking. If you haven't figured out what soft locking is, go figure it out right now. It's in the December 2022 Cutting Edge podcast episode in the Journeyman membership area. You have got to get educated. You have got to understand soft locking. Soft locking is the key to unlocking cognitive development and ultimately cognitive focus within the uh, context of the octogram. If you want to understand octogram and how octogram tends to form inside of the heads of human beings, you need to pay attention to soft locking. So go watch that lecture so you can get educated and go, because I go deep on soft locking, not this surface stuff that I have here on the YouTube channel or on the podcast. As that would be a bit problematic for some. So, but the point is, is that both these types soft lock each other into each other's super ego. And it literally creates an insanely abusive environment for each other's egos. And they soft lock each other into each other's super egos. And it's like they're constantly triggering each other, constantly bringing out their super egos, constantly bringing out the most violent parts of their soul, the most sinful parts of their soul, basically. And it'll make, them, it'll make them both unconscious focused like that, like super quick, unconscious focused, super quick. But then development starts to wane over time, especially as they get together. And slowly but surely over time, maybe over a span of 10, 20 years, eventually both these types will end up UDUF if for some reason they actually stay together. But given that they have the cognitive origin of connection and intimacy, they're not going to feel connected to each other for very long. As a result, I can almost guarantee that one of these two types is going to cheat on the other one super quick. I mean, technically, statistically, these two types have the largest sexual body count of all of the 16 types combined. And because of that, it ends up becoming a serious, serious problem. So I, I, I highly, highly recommend avoiding this relationship at all costs. It's just so psychologically damaging to both people. And because they both mirror each other, they end up abusing each other and then they mirror that abuse. And then over time, if, when they eventually transform into UDUF uh, versions of themselves and have like insane depression and potentially you know, suicide, because like, for example, if this relationship doesn't lead to cheating, it will eventually lead to suicide basically. 
And that is an extremely bad outcome, obviously, because there's death involved. Death is on the line. So again, I don't recommend it. Stay away from this relationship as much as possible. You want to be in a relationship with a natural pair or a relationship with your golden pair where you're being soft locked into your ego, where your ego for the first time in your life feels accepted. These two types in a relationship, they don't accept each other. They will never feel accepted. They will crave acceptance like crazy. And that's ultimately what leads to the cheating. And if they're not even able to do that, then it will lead to self-destruction. It will eventually lead to suicide because it'll be like, they'll just give up. They'll just give up on life. They'll just give up on themselves. Both these types are naturally nihilistic because they rely so much because they are the most external of the types. They rely so much on everybody else and external validation and external reactions from other people that they can't react well to each other. But then if they feel trapped in this relationship and they still can't get that external connection from other people in their life, again, like I said, it's going to eventually lead to either cheating or to suicide. So seriously, avoid this relationship at all costs. Do yourselves a favor. Protect yourselves from uh, this horrible, horrible outcome. So anyway, folks, thanks for watching, and I'll see you guys on the next episode.